Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everyone. I want to start today's podcast by talking about Boxing Monthly. A lot of you would have heard that Boxing Monthly is to close its doors after May's issue. While we're an independent podcast and we'll carry on, uh, my role as writer for Boxing Monthly meant that we, that we were associated with them. And that association helped us get into doors that perhaps we wouldn't have done. More than the name, though, the support of all the writers at Boxing Monthly and the editorial team has been a great assistance to us over the years. Name people like Mark Butcher, who got me in the door uh, in boxing. Um, Paul Zanon, who's championed the podcast from day one and continues to do so to this day. And Luke Williams, editor of Boxing Monthly website, who was kind enough to create a section on the website for, for Below the Belt. I just want to give my thanks to them and my thanks to everybody at Boxing Monthly that assisted us over the years. And while the magazine is to close, uh, the spirit of the magazine and the spirit of Glyn Leach, who drove everybody at that magazine, will continue to live on. Thank you for listening, and back to our regular scheduled program. Episode 70 of Below the Belt. It's been a minute. Uh, there's been no fucking boxing to watch. So I'm so sorry to everybody out there that we've not recorded in a while, but there's been no boxing on. There's nothing there's on. All... There's nothing there's on. There's nothing on. You're right, Flav. Hello, Flav. How are you, sir? I'm really, uh, I'm good. I'm really, really good. Do you know, do you know why I'm good? Because um, I got to watch a fight that I haven't watched since it aired. Yeah. And didn't realise that there was some such sort of controversy around it. Yeah. And you give me the opportunity to go back and watch what was an incredible fight. And mm. and I've got so many questions for you because I don't know how big a fight that was. I don't, I don't think I can appreciate without going through it all, you know, the run up to the fight, just, just yeah. how big it was. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like, all right, there's no boxing on, right? That's fair yeah. enough. But yeah. there's there's so many great fights you can talk about. And, and the beautiful thing about boxing and to a degree, football as well, but especially boxing, is that the the, the storylines and the nuances around a certain fight don't don't change. No, they don't. And there's so much classic material out there, and podcasts like what we're going to do today, they're timeless because the the fights happened. It's not going to age. Uh, and for those that are wondering, the fight we're talking about today is Oscar De La Hoya versus Floyd Mayweather Jr. for the WBC Super Welterweight title, and it was in 2007. I was on YouTube the other day, and it just popped up, like recommended. Oh, uh, De La Hoya Mayweather. 
And I thought, you know what? Why not? I was working from home. I didn't have much going on. Yeah, but you're so you're just... a, you're a man who absolutely adores Mayweather. He's your favorite fighter, bar none, right? Yeah, yeah, he is my. That, favorite that's fighter, important bar none. to know that. It is important to know that. And one thing I didn't mention on the last podcast, episode sixty nine, was that I met Floyd a few weeks ago. Um, I didn't mention it at all in the last pod. Uh, I was really upset the two boys didn't ask me about it. And I've been really lucky, like to me, really like lots of famous people. You know, I met you and I was fine. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but you, 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 you know, so, someone fine. who is like supremely invested in boxing. Yeah. Um, so I've met like George Groves, uh, Adrian Broner. I've met Lennox Lewis. Uh, I've met countless fighters, Sean Porter, Carl Frampton, Adam Booth. I've met so many boxers over the years. And you're not uh, name dropping here. You're just as a fan. No, of the I'm not sport. name dropping. It's not that. Sorry. This is to make a wider point. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and I've met loads of fucking wrestlers and all sorts of people before. But when I met Floyd, I went to this Q&A thing that was at York Hall with Bethnal Green. And um, so the idea was you go to the Q&A and then afterwards you get to take a picture with Floyd. So I knew I knew what was happening on the night. I've been to a few of those kind of things before. So I went, I sat there, sat through the Q&A and it was much of much this really Floyd knows how to fucking divert or kind of avoid questions he doesn't want to answer. He says the same old stuff all the time. It was quite boring. And then I queued up for what felt like an age in order to get my picture. And it, so I was queuing up for it must have been an hour. And then I then I got to near the front where I was about three, four people behind. And suddenly I walked up onto this stage and there he was. And at that moment, when I saw him, my ass fell out. Yeah, he was six feet from me. And I went, oh, my God, and my arsehole completely went and I shit myself. I was like, fuck, that's Floyd Mayweather. And, and then a, and that, that's not like that's I can understand that completely. Because yeah. you meet footballers, it's not. Yeah. It doesn't matter really because they're a part of a wider ideal. Yeah. That, that is a football club. But mm. boxers are gladiators in in mm. the rawest form, the most most realistic form in in modern day era. You know, these are two men. They're going into a a ring that restricts their movement, so they have mm. to face each other. It's not like yeah. it, 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 in. in it's almost like they're, they're more gladiators than they were back in the day in with swords and things in like Italy, that. Yeah, because there was so much space for them to run and move, uh, albeit you know, someone always fucking died at the end in that. And yeah, God yeah. willing, you know, no one dies when they go in the boxing ring, but you're you're restricted by the by by the ring and by the robes, and they are they're, they're, they're doing something that 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 none of us can do, they're, they're, yes. We, uh, and I mean, we can do it. We can go and train. We can, mm. you know, uh, it's that thing that we around. can't and or won't do. Yeah, and, it's not that we can't. We have two arms and two legs. Yeah, but, but we just won't. It's more than that, though, isn't it? But we, we, we're a fight of this magnitude where you had Delahoya, who was a, an incredible boxer, uh, who, like, if you had a Hall of Fame or you do have a Hall of Fame in boxing, then yeah. he he's in there for for multiple reasons. Uh, and then you've got Floyd Mayweather, who was could could be argued the best boxer that, that there has ever been. Yeah, who had all of the um, disadvantages of being a low le- uh, a low weight fighter. So it's mm. not like it, like if a heavyweight did what Floyd Mayweather has done, mm. then it would be a different conversation. But so so the point I'm making here is that I I don't. I, I would probably be feel exactly the same, and I don't feel the same about Mayweather as you do. Yeah, but I, I would be the same when I walked on the stage and and, and yeah. met him. Yeah, it was, and then I walked over to him, and I was wearing a reigning champ sweatshirt, and he said, "Oh, you're the reigning champ," and I just went, uh, 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 "Yes, I am." <laughs> I was like, "No, you're the." I think I mumbled something like, "Oh, you're the champ," and he goes, "Ah, oh, we're both the champ." I could barely oh. speak. Did I've he say, is that what he like said? That? We're both the champ. Is that what he said? Yeah. That's all you need, though, isn't it, as a fan? Yeah, it was just... Someone yeah. to recognise it. was that... so nice. Like, I've I've never wanted to meet him because he's my fucking hero. And I just... I always had the expectation that he would let me down. Like, they always say, never meet your heroes and all that sort of shit. And I just never wanted to meet him. But I kind of wanted to take a picture of him. And then I met him and he was so cool. 
Mm. I was just like, oh my God, you're fucking better than I expected. That makes it even worse. And I managed to t- compose myself to take a picture of him and it has pride of place on my wall now. But Floyd was the guy that made me fall in love with boxing. Like I watched boxing, but I saw him fight Arturo Gatti. And I was like, fuck, he's amazing. Yeah. Like he's absolutely amazing. And this fight, uh, what we're going to talk about today, May- uh, De La Hoya against Mayweather in 2007. It was the, the fight that kind of took Mayweather from being... The pound for pound number one, uh, the best fighter in a sport to being a superstar. Yeah, yeah. So, what, was... what 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 was the, the the setup to this fight? Because my idea of Mayweather has always been like he is he's the man. Like yeah. like you if there, if if you can if you can beat Mayweather, then you've conquered boxing. But going into this fight, it wasn't that right because De La Hoya was no. the man, even though he'd lost four fights. Uh, uh, yeah. De La Hoya was the money draw in the sport. So he was what Floyd Mayweather was. He was what Canelo Alvarez was. He'd, he was the golden boy. He's exactly the nickname. Um, he had he started with top rank. He'd won at that point. He was 10-time world champion in six weight classes. Uh, he'd won titles from super featherweight all the way up to middleweight. Uh, he had started his own promotional company around that time with Shane Mosley and Bernard Hopkins and some other people. And he was he was the biggest the biggest name in the sport uh, by some distance <clears throat> and was the the biggest pay-per-view and this this fight does did end up breaking the pay-per-view record uh, and it stayed in it stayed in place until Mayweather Pacquiao in so, 2015 so it, for those that don't know what would it be that De La Hoya was the you know like what if it was comparable to today's boxing would it be Anthony Joshua in the UK I'd say Canelo. I'd say it's Canelo. Yeah, he's so what Can- Canelo is now. Yeah, yeah. He's the biggest name. Uh, he's one of the best fighters in the sport. You know, he wasn't one of. He was still one of the best fighters in the sport. He wasn't. He wasn't number one, but he was still up there. He he, he was world champion at super welterweight. He was still. He was still seen as a big name. And still so where, where Canelo Canelo is pound for pound now? Yeah. Or you you, uh, don't, you you can't argue that really, can you? I mean, you, you might you might most, say. Uh, so I think most people have Lomachenko as number one now. Yeah, but I understand that in terms of talent. Yeah. If people really understand the sport, that you'd have him as number one. But what you've yeah. achieved, Canelo, no, no one's achieved what Canelo has. No. Uh, well, uh, Crawford uh, is, is another one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, in terms of current fighters, yeah. And there's no one really that's for me. Canelo's number one. No he, one, he... no, no one has done what Canelo has done. He's gone up to the fucking light heavyweight, beaten K- K- Kovalev, and well, uh, Roy Jones started at light middleweight and he won the heavyweight title. No, I appreciate so. that, and he did that and destroyed his legacy. But he did, he did. But what I'm saying is, that Canelo is number one pound <laughs> for pound because he's doing something. He has done something actually by beating a live opponent. Not just a live opponent, a dangerous opponent. That like, you know my 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 feelings for Canelo. I know you love Canelo so much. I I, I just love he's fucking balls out. Like yeah. I'm I'm going to dominate any division I fight in, and you know there's this talk about him fighting uh, Billy Joe Saunders eventually. Um, yeah, I don't want to see him fight fighters at his own weight. I'm not on board of that. I know he's right. I know he's the best at that level. He's probably one of the best at, at his division that there has ever been. Yep. Go up. Keep going up until you reach heavyweight. <laughs> then you find your legacy. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, you, you you're right. It's um it is it was an incredible fight and uh something that I really really enjoyed watching again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, as did I. I I, I, I uh, it was one of the I remember it was 2007. The fight was on Sky Sports. It wasn't on box office or anything. It was just on normal Sky Sports. Mm. And I wasn't really a massive Mayweather fan then. I just kind of was just dipping my toe into watching boxing again. I'd only just got uh, Sky Sports and stuff like that. So I didn't really watch much of it. Um, But I always loved it. You know, I I remember one of the early fights I stayed up for was Lennox Lewis, Mike Tyson. Um, And, but this was the fight that really got me back into boxing again. And, the, the kind of the setup was you had this young, cocky, undefeated guy in Mayweather against the legend that was that was Oscar De La Hoya. And then it it was fascinating because Mayweather had never been up to 154 pounds before, which is what the fight took place at. Everything in the fight was uh, in 
uh, Delahoy's favorite, favorite. So it was in Las Vegas. Um, it was under his promotional banner. He even chose the size of the ring. Like everything was Delahoy's. Kind of like what Mayweather became. Can I go back to um, what you just said about he'd never fought one five four? Yes, which is huge for for Mayweather. It's massive, right? One five four is what Canelo fights at now is that right no no that was what he may uh, canelo's fighting well his last fight was at 175 no uh, sorry so what 154 is uh, light, middle. light middle yeah well i'm it's, sure it's still pretty big for floyd floyd started at super featherweight which is 130 pounds so it's still big floyd's never a light middle he, he's not a light middle 154 is what uh kel brook uh just went up to yeah, to, he's to fight. Kind of his toe in there. Yeah, yeah. So he, he, he. he sorry, that's what, that's where I've got caught up. And so Kelbrook um, went up to one five four. Didn't he yeah. fight? Um, who did he fight? Golovkin at one five four. No, that was a middleweight. Can you edit all of this out? <laughs> <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Honestly, look, I, I love boxing. I really, I really do. Right? It's confusing sometimes. But I, 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 if you if you're not properly learned, you get exposed so so quickly. <laughs> which is uh, boxing to a T, which is a, it's a beautiful thing. I, I I do love it though, and I, I do like, I do love this fight. And um, it was you know like I say a fascinating watch. So did you did you score it in the end? I did. I did. I I, I went for it all. Um, and uh, what did what, you think about the fight as a whole? Did you do who did you think won? Uh, Floyd won hands down. Yeah, I uh, that. my 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 scores were one sixteen, one twelve to Floyd. Yep, same, exactly the same. Yeah, um, and the 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 weird thing about it was, um, you know, watching it, watching it, and and listening to who who was the co commentator who spoke the most. So the the lead commentator was a guy called Colonel Bob Sheridan, who's not actually a colonel. Uh, but that's what he goes by. He goes by Colonel Bob Sheridan. And the guy that was with him, who he was referring to as Dave, um, his name his name is uh, Dave uh, Bontempo, who's from New Jersey. And he's a, just a, 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 a boxing analyst kind of thing. So though, so what the commentary was, that was that's what's called the international feed. So in America, it would have been on HBO. And the commenta- commentary would have been done by Jim Lampley, Emmanuel Stewart, and Larry Merchant. Larry Merchant's that old guy that hates Floyd and had the big fight with him after the Ortiz yeah, fight. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's the guy who gets in the ring every uh, after yeah. every big fight. He's so got, he's to, like this day, third man. to this day, yeah. <laughs> to this day, to this day. But uh, yeah, he was like the third man, and the lead commentators would have been Jim Lampley and Emmanuel Stewart. Who Emmanuel Stewart was a fucking brilliant trainer and a brilliant commentator. Um, and then Larry, Larry Merchant would have been the third man. And he just would have chipped in every now and again. So. The the one that was on the international feed was Colonel Bob Sheridan and Dave Beyond Tempo. So he was um, very um, favourable to Delahoya. I felt. And, I did. Yeah. And and the one of the biggest struggles as a as a fan of boxing watching fights is that you're more than any other sport um, influenced by what's been said by the the callers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Um, I, I I did my best not to be influenced by what they were saying, but up until I think it was round seven, yeah. I I was with with what was being called. I was I was on board with what they were saying. I could I was, and this is the problem when you when you're watching is you you you're trying to buck against your own agenda. You you yeah. you're, you're trying to call it fairly, and it's really difficult when you've got. As I when I was I was watching it on YouTube and 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 had my earphones in, I could hear nothing else, and all I've got is the fight and the people that are calling it, and and the the people are who are uh, commentators on the fight know boxing more than I could ever, you know they they they're they they're, they they know it, but they're also on board with their paymasters, mm. so um, it was only towards round, I think the end of round seven. Yeah, uh, and beginning around eight, where I felt started to think that that they'd got it wrong. Yeah, what was interesting to me watching it, and the commentary really, really stood out to me, uh, because I, I noticed it a lot earlier than that. It was after about round four. They, they I think they gave like three of the first four rounds to De La Hoya. I, ga- I was... gave, I gave the first round to uh, Floyd, and then the next three to De La Hoya. 
okay, she had it the same as them. And I was I was just watching, I was thinking, no, Floyd's Floyd's bashing him up here. Like, ba- I just he wasn't watching... bashing him up. Yeah. He was well, under, he wasn't he was bashing up, he... him up, but I was thinking he's moving him around. Like he's not he's winning these rounds quite I was thinking he was winning these rounds. Yeah. And I just and but what was what was apparent to me was they felt the need, the commentators, to constantly justify what they were doing and constantly justify their scoring. So early on in the fight, Colonel Bob Sheridan said, I've called over 10,000 fights. Yeah, he, he did say really that. I remember felt, that. He said that quite early on. He also, they, they, at some points, they would reference CompuBox numbers. Yeah, uh, they and did, CompuBox yeah. numbers aren't, they're not science. It's so what is it? What, what is that? What, what is uh, like the CompuBox? Is it just a, um, the, the punches landed on the face yeah. or body? So basically, um, it was Mark Butcher that taught me about this. It's someone with a PlayStation controller in their hand. And they are basically tapping buttons when punches are thrown and landed. So it's not a natural computer? It, it's, it's like a PlayStation controller tapped, plugged into like a computer, and that computer records the punches that the person's inputting on the PlayStation-like controller. So it's nothing to do with the science, really. It's just someone's it's, opinion. It's human error. It's, it's, it's a human being so why do they do it? watching. Huh? Why do they do it? Then? Why? Because it's good. it's good data. Because even though it's not exact, it's an idea. So is it's it better just, than is it better than a um, seasoned pro calling the fight from a commentary box? I, I would say so because if you've got you've got to think about what what commentators have to think about. They've got a producer in their ear. They've got things going on around them. Yeah, they've got they've got they've got a bias. Like if, if they're employed by the yeah the HBO yeah. HBO or in these these people's cases, Colonel Bob Sheridan, that they were employed by Golden Boy. <laughs> They weren't employed by HBO. Yeah, they were employed by Golden Boy to cover the fight for their for their library and their uh, and, and would you say that if they called it a wrong way, that that it would impact their careers? Is it... Probably not. I wouldn't think so. I think they're no. I wouldn't think so. I think it's about relationships, boxing, like most mo- like most industries. Really, I think as long as they maintain the. I think if they got it really, really wrong or they said something perhaps controversial or disrespectful, then perhaps that would affect them. But I don't think just getting a score wrong would count against them. So, so, while, like... so while there's like hometown results or yeah. you know people who get a favourable boxing, uh, get a favourable uh, scorecard on yeah. a hometown card, Yeah. It, in terms of commentators, they've still got carte blanche to say whatever they want as long as it's within the realms of reality. Yeah, I would say so. And, and I think especially with boxing today, everyone has a paymaster now. Yeah. You know, all the guys on Sky and Matchroom, all the guys on BT are Frank Warren, all the guys on ESPN are top rank, et cetera, et cetera. So they've all got a dog in the fight. And this fight was no different. Their dog in the fight was Oscar De La Hoya. He was the guy literally paying them to commentate. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of their place. And they, and that was the thing, like I was just saying, they felt the need to justify what they were doing throughout especially bob sheridan he was doing it constantly throughout the fight i've covered this many fights these compu box numbers are ridiculous how dare they this this isn't the yeah. fight i'm seeing and then they were talking about uh punches landed and how hard they are well what about the harder punches that should count more and it's like you're trying to and then they started talking about scoring criteria but they left a key scoring criteria out which is ring generalship they never mentioned ring generalship and it was just they were constantly doing it because they knew they knew they were wrong. I think they knew deep down they were wrong uh, of the score. I think in the end they scored it a draw, didn't they? Um, the commentators. Um, what did you think? Of, uh, sorry, the other thing that was interesting was Floyd Mayweather Senior, because he was what Oscar is- De La Hoya's trainer in every fight leading up to. Well, not every fight, but in a few fights leading up to this fight. I didn't know that. He, yeah, he Senior worked for Oscar De La Hoya, and then. He said, I will, I'll train you to fight my son, but I want $2 million. Oh, my God. And it, what, what Delhoy said no. He said, I'll give you 500 grand. Um, and then, in the end, uh, he said, I'll give you 500 grand to the fight, and I'll give you another 500 grand if I win. I think the more interesting um, question would be, like, what, how did that impact Floyd Mayweather and his son? Yeah, so... The other thing that I watched was the 24-7. And this was the first ever 24-7. You remember 24-7? Yeah, yeah, of course. This is like uh, they, they usually do four parts into a big fight. Yeah. 
and they follow each fighter through their camps. Yeah. This was the first time they'd ever done 24-7. Was, that, was, fight... that, was this the one where you saw the footage of Floyd Mayweather and his dad fighting or arguing? No. that okay. was. I think that was Ortiz. I think it was Mayweather-Ortiz. I think. How the fuck did Mayweather-Ortiz get off 24-7? It was big, man. Ortiz, Ortiz was... He was a fascinating character. He wasn't a very good fighter, but he was a really interesting character. Um, and you, I, that's a good watch. Watching, I might even watch that actually. The twenty four seven between Mayweather and Ortiz was really interesting. I remember Ortiz said at one point, "He can't bother me, man. He can't shake me. I'm like a tree. <laughs> I'm like a tree. Like he was a really intense <laughs> and weird guy. Yeah, he's a weird um, guy. He just got but... he got bashed up." He did. He got bashed up badly by Floyd. He should have never been in the ring. Uh, do you know what? Do you know what? Um, you you asked me earlier about what my lasting impressions of the uh, the fight was. The, yeah. My lasting impressions were the state of their faces at the end, which was pretty much impeccable. The mm. both the the defensive abilities of both fighters, especially Floyd Mayweather, mm. was Im- impeccable. Um, it was it was. A, I can understand why some people find it difficult to judge. And and mm. some people find it uh, the the result unpalatable, yeah. Because um, it, it 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 was a fight for people who absolutely understand the sport, not love the sport like I do, mm. but but actually understand it and understand what a landing punch is, because so many of the of the punches like thrown by Floyd Mayweather and especially thrown by De La Hoya, Mm. Were, were didn't land, and it was down, and, and that's not down to bad boxing. That's down to incredible defensive work. Yeah, and and, yeah. Uh, oh. and Floyd Mayweather is, like, hands down, the best defensive boxer that has ever lived, and probably will ever be. He'll he'll always be in the conversation with guys like Willie Pep and uh, Ponell Whitaker, uh, amongst better, others. He's, he's, he, he, I, I can't claim to know much about Willie Pep, but he he's better than Ponell Whitaker. Yeah, because... he's a better fighter. He's a better. No, fighter. no, no. He's a better de- defensive technician because he, um, he, he, he could judge the, 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 he could weigh the difference between being in the pocket and judging distance, um, uh, and being able to deliver damage. Whereas I think Pernell Wicketer made his art, and Pernell Wicketer is one of my favourite boxers as well. Him and Emmanuel Augustus are, are, are probably one and two for my most favourite boxers. But Mayweather managed to managed to understand or, or find a, the algorithm that enabled him to um, nullify the punches that were coming to him yeah. through his gloves, his shoulder roll or whatever it was, and then put himself in a position where he could damage over and over again. And that's something that Pernell Wicker wasn't as good as, mm. and, and, yeah. and for that for that for that reason, uh, maybe for, it, it, defensive the defensive boxing. Someone who's good in defence isn't mm. just about evading punches. It's about evading punches and setting up the attack, and yeah. that's what he did. And, 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 and you know what what was incredible about him as well was how he 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 um, evaded punches, but. But when when he found a impetus in the fight or a momentum in the fight to to move forward and throw punches, like he his lead right hand or his cross was again just unrivaled. He, his pull counter was unrivaled. His lead right was unrivaled. He's um his his ability to uh, use his gloves to defend punches and and this is this fight here was was a showcase for his ability to defend it was and and they said at the end of the fight that uh de la hoya brought it to him uh made him work really really hard his size and his work rate he was in good shape de la hoya they said that all the way up until the fight he was was in good shape but it brought the best out of mayweather that did having someone bigger and still pretty quick good power as well having someone like that with everything against mayweather it brought out the best in him, and it really did. And what, what, what? One thing I remember watching when I was watching the fight. One thing that's always been underrated about Mayweather is his inside game. Like, if you yeah. get inside, 
his he, he, those little digs to the body, you could see it from the early rounds that they were bothering De La Hoya. Like the body shots were bothering Delo, uh, bothering him from really quite early, and he was doing a lot of that on the inside when Delahoya would push him against the ropes or back him up against the ropes and throw those little flurries. Some of it was landing, some of it was wasn't. But Mayweather would just tie him up and just give him little shots on the inside, little shots to the body, and then in the middle rounds he started to do this thing which he did throughout his career was he'd start to throw straight shots to the body. Yeah at that mid-range. Yeah, well, so he, the, he'd push, push him back, it seemed. He would push him back and, and then start fry, throwing a couple of sort of range-testing range jabs and then yeah. throw a big right hand. Yeah, he, and he, the, the, that was something. This this was almost the first fight of the money era of Mayweather, whereas before that he was pretty boy Floyd, and which means he would just kind of... It was all speed and, and spiced. But... This was this was kind of the second half of his career. It was one of the first fights where he was getting older. He was fighting bigger guys. His hand issues were starting to become more apparent. The shoulder issues were starting to come become more apparent. So he had to change his style. And most great fighters can do that. You know, they they change the way they they fight to to have longevity. And Mayweather was one of the best at that. Um, those, like I was saying, those straight shots. In the, and the, those middle rounds was in, is when Mayweather was at his best because he started to tap De La Hoya to the body and he would start to open up on him a bit. And mm. what when Mayweather, Mayweather does open up on a fighter, it doesn't happen often, <laughs> but when he does it, it's one of the best sights in the world to see. Yeah. And and, and the reason that he doesn't do it often is probably the reason why he, he lasted as long as he did. What um Cal, I've got a question. The yep. the weight division between them between the two. Yep. Like he 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 was massive. Like Delahoy was massive. Yeah. If you just look at the size of their fucking craniums, it was yeah. ridiculous. Uh Delahoy always had a big head. But yeah. and and it was never more evident than when he fought Pacquiao, but what, 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 like, how, how significant is that? The fact that Delahoya, a elite boxer, yeah. fighting Mayweather, who was much smaller than him, and on the night was probably, uh, according to the commentators, was it at most ten pounds, but probably more, right? Yeah. So uh, on the the official way in, Mayweather weighed one fifty, and Delahoya weighed one fifty four, which is bang on the the like middleweight limit. Um, Mayweather wouldn't have put on that much weight. He he walks around at 155. He's not a guy that's going to... He wasn't going to blow up to 160. He doesn't. He just doesn't. Um, I remember him saying, I think it might have been after the Pacquiao fight. He Or actually, I think it was the Canelo fight. He woke up on the, the morning of the Canelo fight and weighed himself, and he weighed 146 when he was supposed to be a junior, a junior middle. Hmm. Uh, and he said something about he needed his chef to cook him something hearty because he'd, he'd lost weight overnight so there would have been that's to... true or just him playing money it, it was after the fight he'd already won yeah but I, yeah but yeah 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 i know i understand that but I, he... I didn't it didn't come across to me like bravado and actually i remember he actually said it with a you could see he was actually quite relaxed when i remember him saying it because i remember being annoyed because the interviewer then interrupted him to ask him another question and you could see like that was the gold. Find... That's gold. That's like that's the gold. Like he, you could see, he was relaxed. He was opening up. He was saying, "Oh yeah, no, I only weighed one forty-six. I had to get my chef." And you could see he was in a good mood, and he was talking quite openly. And Mayweather rarely does that. So I remember at the time, and then the, the it was Jim, not Jim Lampley, the guy that works for Showtime. I can't remember his name. Uh, he he just interrupted him. I was like, "You fucking div! <laughs> you fucking div! He's talking to this is great stuff, and you've interrupted him." So there would have been on the night Delahoya would. Have probably would have been about 165 and i think maybe he looked massive about, he looked he looked it was huge. probably 15 pounds in between him i would say do you not find it weird that there was this the, the ongoing narrative that every golden boy fighter that, that fought me with us after that 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 fight that that delahoya had the blueprint <laughs> i've got i i have the blueprint is that a real thing or is it something that was perpetuated by the media or did oscar delahoya like, like you know, spew that narrative as well. Yeah, it was here. It was very much him. 
It was very much him. But he did every time he would fight somebody, be it Shane Mosley, who was a Golden Boy fighter, uh, Victor Ortiz, uh, Canelo Alvarez, he would always say it was, about it the was, blueprint. It was pathetic. It was really, It really was pathetic. pathetic. And there... Yeah, go on. Well, it was pathetic because the, the fight wasn't as close as he thinks it was. Like, no. if he had the blueprint, it would have been a fix-up. It would have been a fight that was a draw that he... Yeah, or, or that he clearly won. Yeah. That that would be a blueprint. A blueprint wasn't losing as we both scored it, 116-112. That's not a blueprint. 116-112 no. is a concisive... That's like winning 3-0 uh, in, in a game of football. Yeah, yeah, 8-4 in rounds. It's it's. I've won double the rounds that you've won. Yeah, you're smashing uh, I think if he learned anything from that De La Hoya is that you have to buy the judges. And he learned that because Canelo now gets three rounds before the fight even starts. So he did learn something from that, De La Hoya. But That's, the come thing... on, man. No, don't... <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love Canelo as much as you do. No, I'm, I'm not just saying about I love Canelo, but it's not, it's not helpful to a, a boxing fight when, when anybody thinks that the Canelo fight's going in there and he's, he, he's got no chance of losing. No, I, I think, I think that I think the judges in, in Vegas, I think some of them are guilty of only watching Canelo when they're scoring, which you really shouldn't do as a judge. But Canelo, most of the time, none of those fights have been, other than a couple of wild individual cards, there's not many of the, there's none of his fights that have been outright robberies. Like, the, neither of the Golovkin fights were outright robberies. Um, the Danny Jacobs fight, I thought he won like 10 2, the Danny Jacobs fight. He won that comfortably. Yeah. S- uh, Sergei Kovalev was, was, he got knocked out anyway. Um, he so, was losing, no, he did I, lose, I, le- lose most of it though. I, he, I thought he did lose most of it, but he just started. Oh, so fascinating. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Because he's, yeah. he's, and, and this is what you want to do as a legacy fighter, as someone who is the guy. Yeah. And, and you forget how important it was. Or how significant is what it was? Like we're talking about Del Hoya and um, and Mayweather now because it was close. Yeah. But an aging Mayweather dealt with a young, fresh. That for me, Mayweather, that was Mayweather's best career performance. It was. Canelo, it, it was the it, Canelo fight. It was. And do you know? Do you know? Um, it's really, really frustrating as someone who doesn't know as much as about boxing as you or Mark Butcher but knows more than other people that, yeah. that watch boxing. Watching the Mayweather-Pacquiao uh, fight, where Mayweather just dealt with him. Yeah. Just in terms of the sweet science, in terms of what boxing is, it isn't, it isn't a punch-up. It isn't a fucking pub fight. It's about how much you know, how much you've learned, and how you can apply it in the ring. And when he did that against Pacquiao for the people around me not to appreciate it was so frustrating yeah yeah i i it was it was a masterful performance again i thought he won it like 10-2 i thought he completely dominated pacquiao oh absolutely uh, yeah, there was no question he, he dominated everybody he dominated everybody he is and that's why this fight that's why to go back to what we were talking about initially about the blueprint that's why people like de La Hoya, the people that really hate mayweather um will point to this fight and say it's a blueprint because if Floyd loses four rounds or more, there's calls for a rematch. Uh, and that was his career because he he dealt with everybody so easily that when there was a fight like this where you could be persuaded that it was close, people would cry robbery or demand a rematch. That happened with the Castillo fight, which is pretty close. It was a pretty close fight, the first Castillo fight. Um, it happened with the Maidana fight, uh, the first Maidana fight, uh, which I was I was lucky enough to be there. And... And then uh, this fight as well. And there's not been many. And it's because there's not been many, it's always been, oh, that was a robbery. Or, oh, well, that was a rematch. You, you've, you've, I think you've gone out of your way to admit one fighter. Or Castillo. No. Or Maidana. No. Oh, I've admitted somebody. Um, yeah, you have. Well, I gave him a close fight. How about, how about I tell you who it is? You're going to say, well, I know, go on. Go on. Well, you know, you tell me then. Augustus. 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 Yeah, I knew it. He got fucking stopped, you crazy gun. Mate, it doesn't matter about that. It matters about what happened before it. <laughs> but he got... I knew he was going to say Augustus. The man Mate, got stopped. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Look, look, look. 
Look, one day, one day we're going to do a podcast and we're going to celebrate the career of Emmanuel Augustus. I would love to do that. But what, like, like this is what, who's the other, the other, like, mental geezer that I'm, I'm now in love with, but I can't remember his oh, fucking Oh, Blair, name. Blair Cobb. Blair Cobb. That's what I'm talking about. Look woo! At, look, woo! Uh, <laughs> it ain't, it's not about, like, for, like 99.9% of the, fo- the, the fighters that get in the ring are not Floyd Mayweather. No. And 98% believe that they could do something that they, they never they never can. Yeah. Blair Cobb and Emmanuel Augustus are something else. They're just in so, so you know like we 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 all talk about how dangerous boxing is and how we're never willing to to step in the ring and and, and at, like on a real level like uh, anyone who can fight anyone who can punch uh, who's learnt to punch and can land it on your chin could cause you horrible damage, and that's that's why we should all be so um, grateful of the fact that we get enjoyment over two men who are literally trying to hurt each other. All women, yeah. But if you remove all that, and then all women, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Although it's not as, not as good as it, but <laughs> but 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 if you um. If you've got people like Emmanuel Augustus or Blair Cobb, where they're willing to add an, a theatrical element to it, like why wouldn't you celebrate that? Yeah, because they, they it, both of it, like Emmanuel Augustus is. I, I, I haven't followed his story since he was shot, but they're they're both they're, they've both done something that's even braver than than the others. Like mm. Emmanuel Augustus didn't have the talent of. Floyd Mayweather would never be able to really cope with him, yeah. In 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 any shape or form throughout their lives, paralleled other than a boxing ring. And for some reason, although Emmanuel Augustus got stopped, they they com- they competed on a level. And Emmanuel Floyd Augustus Mayweather, had he's not one to open up about fighters. He's not one to give other fighters loads of credit. I mean, particularly the ones he's faced. But he said Emmanuel Augustus was the toughest fight of his career. He's on record as saying that. Love that. I fucking love it. He said that was the toughest fight of his career. Not not um, Manny Pacquiao, not Oscar De La Hoya, not Canelo Alvarez. He, that might be ego. Do, yeah, as I said, do you think he's saying that because he found it easy and that's a nice thing to say or or that's an actual genuine comment? I think he could have said that about anybody. Uh, I think it might have been easy to say it about Gennaro Hernandez, maybe because he passed away and and Floyd ended up paying for his funeral and stuff like that. Uh, he could have said it. I think he could have said it about other fighters. I think he meant it. I think I think uh, Emmanuel Augustus gave him, showed him things he hadn't seen before, and he's one of those kind of journeyman type fighters that make make you a better fighter. And I remember not long ago I watched, uh, and I might have mentioned it on a pod before, I, I sat down and I watched Emmanuel Augustus against Mickey Ward. Yeah, that was great. It was, it was the Ring Magazine fight of the year. And I, to this day, will say Augustus won that fight. I thought he won that fight. Um, the one thing he was missing was a bit of power. If he had a bit of pop, if he had had a bit more pop on his shots, Augustus could have been anything. I, 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 I think it was dedication. That Probably that too, yeah. And, and and maybe taking the sport a bit more. Ah, oh, no, I don't, I don't even want to say that. Like that, taking it more seriously because you're you're in the ring. You got in the ring. What was it? Sixty sixty times. Yeah, it, so, and you got also. It's about connections as well. Like if he doesn't have the connections, if he doesn't sell the tickets, he perhaps gets matched harder at the start of his career, and so has a couple of losses. People don't take him seriously. He doesn't sell tickets, and so you just end up falling into this journeyman mold. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, it does. It does make sense. But he he had more skill and more panache and more flair than almost actually more than any other boxer I've ever seen. And this is a a, a fighter who I think probably lost as many as he won. He lost. I literally just clicked on his record. He won thirty eight and lost thirty four. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And we're talking about him now. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? I'm I'm sitting in my my house or that I don't own in uh, in Wiltshire. <laughs> You're in wherever the fuck you live, and we're talking about Emmanuel Augustus. And this is the thing with boxing is is the 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 gap between me and Emmanuel Augustus is non-existent. Uh, in fact, I probably have a better life than he does. Yeah, do you know you what I mean? Do. 
after he got shot. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or he, he, even before that, like my, I have, I have a, a more comfortable life, a more, you know, yeah, an yeah, aspirational yeah. life than than ninety yeah. percent of the boxers that we we talk about. Yeah. No, that, that's bollocks. Actually, not 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 we talking about, but ninety percent of the people who do box don't yeah. get to enjoy the comforts that I do, and yet they they go in there and smash the shit out of each other, and it's um it's a confusing and beautiful sport, and uh yeah, I appreciate them all really. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, anything else you want to talk about in terms of Mayweather De La Hoya? Um, no, I, no. I, I mean, like we've covered it now. Yeah, there, there, there's no argument. Hands down, Mayweather won it. You know, he won yeah. it convincingly. Um, yeah, he did, and it was a cracking fight. And the, the the thing, what what that fight did do is, it was. I think it was the start of the boxing boom that we've seen in the last fifteen years. Because if you think about the build up now that goes into fights uh, over here in particular, uh, we have what do we have? What's it called over here? Like beyond the ropes, and we have that thing where they sit opposite each other and they talk bad about each other. I can't remember what that's called over here because I don't ever watch them. <laughs> Behind but the clubs, isn't it? Or that's it. And what's the one where they sit opposite each other with the table and they, they sit with the chair backwards? Yeah, shit. What's that one? Um, um, that, I can't remember, but it's Johnny Nelson with... Yeah, yeah. And all of that stuff, Mayweather De La Hoya was the start of all of that. 24-7, was that was copied over here. Then HBO came up with Face Off. It's called something different over here. But all of that, it was the start of of fight, big fights like this being previewed in a way which it never has before, and so much more, and that that helped bring more eyes to the sport. Um, so it's, I think it has very much changed the way boxing was covered from a from a media standpoint, um, and it made Mayweather. It was the start of making Mayweather the the biggest money during the sport. This this broke the pay per view record in America. He broke it two more. He broke it one more time when he fought Manny Pacquiao, but he broke this record two more times. So yeah, it was it was a huge thing. Did you want to talk about some of the shit that's been going on lately outside of this? What did you think about what, the Billy coronavirus Joe thing? No, the Billy Joe Saunders thing. Um, fuck. I mean, I, look, my, the first point was that he's a fucking idiot. Yeah, like, he's an he's idiot, a, but he's a complete spang. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but. Um, he he's like a a boxer. He's he, he's a guy who learned his trade by f- beating people up, and then the media and the sports broadcasters realised that there, there's money to be made in people that are good at beating people up. Yeah, someone who's good at beating people up and has been celebrated as be as being good as be, beating people up, it, it isn't always someone who's going to say stuff that's socially acceptable and for for us to expect someone like billy joe saunders who lives in a certain community right to 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 toe the line is ridiculous like i i i hate him for many reasons <laughs> right but i i i feel like that you know society wants a someone who punches people in the face and they could potentially die yeah to, to be beha- to toe the line it's yeah i agree with that i agree with that they're not going to be like bradley wiggins or mo farah they're not going to be on boxes of weetabix like these are these yeah, are fighting one, men. one runs one rides a bike the other one beats the shit out of other people yeah and they're all on peds. Yay. <laughs> sorry that's not allegedly not true uh, well, yeah, there was that thing about Farrell, wasn't there? Um, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that point you're making about boxers and we, we shouldn't make role models of them and la, 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 la. I've just got no desire to... The thing is about Billy Joe Saunders, I could I could put up with him if he actually boxed regularly yeah. and he boxed good people regularly. He doesn't. He doesn't box regularly. He's constantly pulling out of fights. He doesn't box good people regularly. He's always boxing fucking journeymen and then struggling with them. And then we'll bang on about beating Chris Eubank forever ago when Chris Eubank was a novice. It was just Chris Eubank Jr., I mean. And it's just, I have, I just got no desire. I just want him to go away, to be honest. I want him to fight Canelo, Canelo to smash him to bits in about eight rounds, which he would, and then go away because. He does this dumb shit. He does a little apology, gets fined fifty grand by the board, and then does dumb shit again six months later. The thing later. is, he, he doesn't deserve. He doesn't deserve the shot against Canelo the, no, he doesn't. 
because he's uh, who's he fucking beat? No one. He beat Lemieux about three years ago. No, I, think, Lemieux... I think he deserves it on on talent. Like if that, I mean, I know fights don't get made necessarily that way, but he yeah. he in terms of uh, like natural middleweights, mm. there's no one else really that. That's the thing. Can that's the issue Canelo has is Golovkin's. I don't know what Golovkin's playing at. Um, super middleweight, you've got Callum Smith, who's just got a gift against John Ryder. There's no one else really at super middleweight. And then you've got light heavyweight, which is a murderer's row. You've got Baturbiev, but that fight's really hard to make. And then you've got Bivol, and you could make the Bivol fight, but who the fuck's Bivol? Nobody knows who he is. The thing is with Canelo, he's, he's, only, he's only... How old is he? He's, what, 26? 27. 27, like, which is... 28, actually. So young for a boxer, and he's already conquered the world. And where does he go? He, he, he fights Billy Joe Saunders. Bat- 29. 29. All right. Either way. He's still as, young. He's young. Yeah. For a boxer, your peak is 31, 32. Yeah. Um, that's three years of boxing that he's got to do to reach his peak. Mm. And he's at a stage now where he's fighting at light heavy against Kovalev, who isn't, wasn't a gimme. Yeah, so, no. so if he comes back down and, and fights against... Uh, Billy Joe Saunders then he, the, the, there's there's no value in it really like mm. he, it's a gift to Billy Joe I know Billy Joe Saunders bangs on about like he how good he is and all that kind of stuff but there's no value in it for for Canelo no one like no one jumps does backflips outside of the ring if or like, like Canelo's mum ain't coming into the ring to celebrate with him if he beats up Billy Joe Saunders as good as no. Billy Joe, Joe Saunders is yeah, it doesn't do much for for Canelo really. It's just it's almost a, achieved too much too young. Yeah, it's a ticking over fight, and I think he's just. Uh, yeah, I think that's a valid point actually because he's the the Golovkin kind of thing's done with now. You know, Golovkin's too old. No one wants to see uh, again. No one cares. Yeah, well, the rumor is that that DAZN, before the the, the COVID nineteen coronavirus stuff happened, the rumor was was that uh, DAZN wanted him to fight Billy Joe Saunders first in May, then fight Golovkin again in September, and then fight Murata in December. That's what they want. Murata's the Japanese fighter, and I imagine it would have taken place either in New York or in Japan. So they're kind of going for the for the Asian market. Um, mm. I don't understand why he'd fight Golovkin again. Golovkin's 38. You know, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's not going to... It's not like... Golovkin can't get any better. I don't get it either. He can't get any better, Golovkin. He, he's not going to. Um, yeah, he's. It's just. I, it, I think. Like, I think you got a valid point. He may have just achieved everything at twenty nine, but he's twenty nine. He's in the prime earning potential of his career, and he needs to fight people. And Billy Joe Saunders is the best of a bad bunch. Yeah, but there's better up top. Go look up. Yeah, Dorticus. <laughs> Bredis. The winner of the WBSS, Bredis. against Breedis. Yeah, Breedis, yeah. Yeah, just, uh, just Bredis, go yeah. up, keep going up. Just uh, go up until you get... You, 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 until you lose. Right. Yeah, t- until you get smashed to pieces. Yeah. The thing is, it's never going to happen. <laughs> uh, look, I, I appreciate what Canelo's done by fighting uh, Kovalev. I really do. Uh, I, I think that that's, that's a massive thing. And I think it's underappreciated. I really, really do. Because he could have stayed around his weight... He smashes everybody at his weight. He smashes everybody at his weight. You know, in 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 a lifetime of boxing, he's in his in the top three middle super middleweight fighters. Say that again. He's in the top three middle middleweight fighters, middle middle or super middleweight fighters ever. Right? No. Well, well, tell me who. Hagler's above him. Bernard Hopkins is above him. Sugar Ray Leonard's above him. Well, he wouldn't They're... have. He wouldn't have caused trouble of any of them. They, they beat people that are better than Canelo. Uh, Did they beat anyone who was better than Canelo? Did Sugar Ray Leonard beat Hagler? No, no, they beat people better than than Golovkin. Golovkin's no, like not Golovkin. Kenny... Sorry, Canelo. I'm talking about Canelo. They beat people better. Yes, yes. Bernard so, Hopkins. So, would Canelo, Bernard Hopkins could, could, defended the title twenty times. But but could would would Canelo not live with Bernard Hopkins? He'd live or... with Bernard. I'm saying he wouldn't. I'm not saying he wouldn't live with him. But he's not like in the top three middleweights of all time. He doesn't have. He doesn't have the. He doesn't have the depth on his record to be considered for that. Well, but, he uh, needs to. to Bernard, Bernard, Bernard Hopkins didn't go up to like. Well, to, uh, he went up to light heavyweight and won the lineal championship. Yeah, like, later. Yeah. 
Well, he did it. He did it at what was he forty? I think he was forty when he moved up and he won the lineal championship. Canelo's tw- twenty-eight. Yeah, and he's got, to, but he's not going to box that long. He he won't box that long. Yeah, because he think... started when he was like eight. Yeah, he, he, he turned pro when he was nine. Mexicans are different breed, man. I I, I think I, I think in the in the annals of history that Canelo would be remembered well within the top five. Yeah, I'm not saying he won't ever. I'm just saying right now he's not. Well, I really hope he will because it, actively he's my favorite. He's he's my favorite fighter, active fighter right now. Is Canelo Alvarez? I love him. I love staying up to watch his fights. Um, and I hope way, I hope you're right. What weight did what weight did Canelo fight at, uh, when when he started? He started at welter. He started at welter, and Roy Jones started at middle. Was that or light middle? Light middle. Yeah, so he needs to go to cruiser to live with Roy Jones. He can go heavy. He can go heavy, yeah. If what he need, like he'd smash up like Dylan White, he'd smash him up. He wouldn't beat Dylan. <laughs> He's got to fight like a really like a chump. He needs to, he needs a situation where the heavyweight titles are split all over again, and some yeah. like like was it John Ruiz? Who, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need we need someone like him. Yeah, a right fat pudding. Like we need a really shit division. It's such like, a shame. Right Roy yeah. Jones did that, wasn't it? A shame. Yeah, in a way, because it almost destroyed his body. He put on 25 pounds of muscle. He weighed to... 190, so he put on 15 pounds. 25 pounds of muscle? No, it was, 90, it was 15. He weighed 190. I'm pretty sure he weighed 190. To, to fight know. John Ruiz, he, he... When he fight, fought John Ruiz, I'm pretty sure he weighed 190. Off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure that's what he weighed. Okay. Well, I'm going to bow to your knowledge, definitely. Anyway, <laughs> uh, 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 yeah... This is uh, our Canelo's. The, Canelo's a man. It's a bad man. He's a bad man. He's a bad man. And we'll, we'll try and think of another fight to watch then, Flav. Another thing to, so we can do another podcast like this. I'd, we'll I'd quite like classic. to do uh, Tremaine Taylor, Carl Froch. Okay. I've only I, watched that once. So I think it's good when you've really watched a fight once because it's fresh all over again. Yeah, because uh, Carl Froch got battered for 11 and a half rounds and then knocked him out. He got dropped as well. One of the, and he got dropped twice in his and career. And Tremaine Taylor uh, shot a man, didn't he? Yes, yes, he did. He's he's lost his mind, bless him. Is he he's in prison not, now? I'm pretty. I think he is in prison now. Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember Fight Night Round Three? I think that Jermaine Taylor was in it. Yes. His jab was amazing in that game. That's a good segue. Have you been watching the EWBSS? Have you, do, do you know means. about this? Do you know about? Oh, uh, is this is this? Uh, they've made a sort of computerized version Tournament. of what? Yeah. I have. I haven't been watching it. Is it? Any, I, it... I watch. I think because we're all locked down, I need some structure. So I've been watching every single fight. Oh my god, you are you're a different breed to me. You, no, yeah, no, you're a different breed to most people, and and, that, and that's why I love you, Cal. And you don't <laughs> back down from it. No, I don't. It's when, only in eight minutes, so I'm going to leave you in a minute because it's when, only in eight minutes. I want to watch it. Okay, but in that eight minutes, when, when are they going to release a decent boxing game again? I want I want an EA boxing game. Oh no, I've been pl- actually been playing Fight Night Champion the last week. Like I've just been playing it every day. Is it? it can you get it on PS4? No, you can't. I've had to dust off the old PS3. Fuck. All right. If I, I get can't. a PS3, yeah, I'll smash your face in. Well, we can play it online still. I think so. You just whip an Ethernet cable in the back of it, or stick it on the Wi-Fi. It'll be fine. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll, I think I might have a, new, a PS3 in the house actually. Yeah. I love that. Smash your faces in. Yeah, all we'll right. do rules. rules are no blocking, no no avoiding, just smashing each other. There are no rules. <laughs> oh, I'll be Floyd Mayweather up in this bitch. Mayweather's not in it. I know that because the li- this I'm is sorry. the problem. But this is why these games can't happen. Is because the licensing would be so expensive. Yeah, it would. And that's just, the thing: they're all split. It's all split, isn't it? We just don't like fuck the boxers off. Just make yeah. a great game, and boxing fans will flood towards it. Just they should just do like what pro you know pro evolution soccer. Yeah. They should just do a game, and instead of saying Floyd Mayweather, say Moyd Flayweather. Yes, that's exactly what they should do. Just make them all the thi- make them all different, and just give them weird names. And then no, I give don't you even the think that they, they'd get away with that. I don't think because Floyd Mayweather would say, "Yeah, I know, but everybody knows what you're talking about." <laughs> do it anyway. It was it great anyway. though. The round three was amazing. Like yeah, so they were great good games. They were great games. There were some overpowered fighters in that. Like, um, uh, uh, Muhammad Ali's jab was ridiculous. So was um, Jermaine Taylor's jab as well. It was almost mm. made it impossible. 
He's he's yeah. right. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I love you. All right. I love you, Cap. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, champ. Appreciate it. What do you mean, thanks, everyone? No one. Like, it's it's listening. just us two. Everyone's listening. You fucking. Oh. I'm turning it off now. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.